I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Tom! Well, we're ready to go now, Tom. I'm just deleting what we Can you still not see us, Esther? I can't see you, no. No. But anyway, oh, I can see you now. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's it. Ah, oh, hello. Ah, oh, are you all right? Yes. How's your COVID doing? I'm going to give you a cough. <coughs> oh, dear, that's not good, is it? But it sounds better than what it did. <coughs> oh, gosh. You're convalescing now. You've got over COVID and now you're convalescing in Brighton. So you've got mm. to just, you have got to keep putting your feet up. It was very funny, actually, because um, Danny, my man, was cooking tonight, which is not a very relaxing experience. Whenever I lie down for an afternoon kip, I end up being full of wind and my stomach into a little balloon. And Danny is not partial to trumping. And I was blowing off so loudly whilst he was cooking. And he must be deaf because he didn't hear one of them. Oh, he didn't smell and he was cooking because he was concentrating on cooking. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to him afterwards, I said, I think you're a little bit deaf. <laughs> he said, I don't think I am. <laughs> so you definitely are. <laughs> oh, Jane, you are a terrible trumper, aren't you? <laughs> oh, dear. Long, hot days in the shade of some big old tree Making daisy chains and watching all the honeybees Oh, well, hello, Jane. So nice to see you, my ducky. And I'm so glad that you are perking up no end. <laughs> We're on Zoom this week, so I can actually see you, which is quite a treat to see your beautiful face. And to say that you've had the horrible COVID, you look remarkably beautiful and gorgeous. So hooray for you that you're much better. It's so nice to see you. Oh, thank you. I'm in Brighton and I'm taking the sea air. And it's really absolutely beautiful here. So beautiful. So enjoying it. I apologise uh, that I forgot in my COVID state that I uh, forgot my headphones and I've got my little microphone. So that's why we're doing it on Zoom this week. And we've got a little method, haven't we? Because we can't talk over each other. So when you want to speak, you have to give me a thumb up. <laughs> I'm doing my thumbs up now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Well, I did think about you because I was down Seaford front the other day um, and I went for a swim. I went to see my cousin and Sophie. Um, anyway, I swam out to sea. It was like a mill pond. I was swimming along and I saw in the bright sunshine something in the water, a little something. So I swam towards it and it was a drowned honeybee out at sea. I lifted it up with my finger and I could see that actually it was slightly alive. So I put it on my shoulder and I swam back to shore and it dried off. 
But I thought, how's it got out to sea? Oh, poor honeybee. I thought you were going to say something else, like you'd seen a turd, not a honeybee. I mean, oh, that's the most unlikely thing to have seen a honeybee. But isn't that lovely that you saved it and you put it on your shoulder and you rescued it? Well, when I got back to shore, I dried it out on my beach bag and it was really looking absolutely fine. Uh, it did have all its wings and they looked fine. It didn't take off. So by the time I was ready to go, I just left it, left it, you know, just on the pebbles. So I don't know what happened, whether it did fly off in the end. It looked pretty sprightly. It looked like it was going to. But I just thought, what is the message that the universe is trying to send me? It's sending you a message, say, your lovely bees are even with you on holiday you to rescue even on holiday you have an opportunity to rescue and help your beautiful bees hopefully it gets to get with its family and have a little hot dog on the beach and <laughs> get some suntan cream yeah it is like a middle pond Esther. i went swimming this morning at 7 30 and it was beautifully clear because see the bottom it was just like grease just absolutely flat, just beautiful, crystal clear, just glorious. And um, last night we were on the beach and we had a little bit of a barbecue and there was a girl on the beach and a big bumblebee flew around her head and she was screaming. It was very funny, actually. She was jumping up and screaming as this bee followed her back about. And I thought, to have said, hello, bee, hello. Welcome, welcome to the beach. <laughs> it was very funny. <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's amazing, isn't it? The more you get to know them, the better you feel about them, really. And she needs to just learn that they are her friends. This little honeybee on my shoulder, you know, it was crawling on me. I thought, oh, it was just so nice. Nothing to be afraid of, is there? When the, unless, of course, like you're going into the hive. Like, you know, I had a look this week in the hive. The ones in the garden are doing so well. I put another super on now. Really? Yeah, they're so busy. They're literally out at sunrise and they go to bed at dusk. So they're making lots of honey? Yeah. Because you didn't really think that they were going to make much honey, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> it's very funny, this end. We keep putting our thumbs up, but yeah. <laughs> I can't stop laughing at Jane's face. <laughs> Anyway, tell me about, obviously, the bees in your garden, but tell me about the other bees. How are the Italians doing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing so much. I, oh, dear, sensible. Right, the Italians, they're dead. No! Yes, they are. They're dead, truly dead. When I looked in the little nuke the other day, it was just full of big, very, very big fat slugs. But it was interesting, you know, because the queen in there was so small, you know, she obviously just never laid properly and she was a stunted queen, you know. But um, I think I mentioned last time that I was really struggling with the Manx, you know, because, not the Manx, so I was really struggling with the, who am I struggling with? <laughs> 
working with looking at Shane's face. We can't stop giggling with corpsing every time we look at each other. We'd be rubbish, wouldn't we, if we were in the same play? <laughs> can't even look yeah. at you on Zoom without laughing. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, the book fast, you know, I couldn't get them to make a new queen. I'm actually having to close my eyes because I can't look at Jane's face. <laughs> right. Do you want me to turn my vision off? Shall I, shall I just see a little black dot? No. Right. I looked at the book fast um, and they hadn't made a new queen, although I'd put them some new eggs in. I don't know what has happened to them. I don't know. They had some queen cells a few weeks ago and I just knocked them off. So there was two left. And I thought, well, I'll leave them to it. They'll make a new queen. But anyway, I left them for quite a few weeks, I think it was, till I looked. There was no queen. I thought, oh, flipping eggs. So I put eggs in. They didn't make a queen. Well, now I can see you laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm imagining us in a play together and you can't look at me. You are doing your big speech into the ether because you can't look at me and that's making me laugh even more. <laughs> Can you see that I'm actually not looking at you? I'm looking out the window. Yes, that's what's making me laugh. Oh, flipping heck. Carry on. Okay. So, yeah, I put these eggs in and they didn't make another queen. So that was like, God, they're not going to be much wing energy left in them, many miles left in them. You know, they've got all these supers and with the lime flow coming in, I was thinking, oh, I don't know what's going to happen anyway. So my wood green hive, I took the queen out of there because that's more of a just like a natural hive. I'm not taking any honey off or anything. That's just in a Langstroth hive with all natural comb. I thought, well, they have some drone cells, so there's still drones to mate with. So I thought they'll make another queen. And then I took the queen out of there, put her in a cage, and I put them into the... Um... The book fast. Yeah, yeah. And I took them out and I put them into the book fast. Have you got a mental... Um, um, what do you call it? What's it? <laughs> I can't think of the word. A main mental block. A mental block about the book fast this week. I keep wanting them to call them the Manx, but that's their relations, isn't it, that are at Borstal in Regent's uh. Park. Yeah. So anyway, I put the queen in the queen cage. She was okay. I went back two days later and they nibbled their way through and she was on the comb. So I looked through the comb and then I found her and she was on the pollen. She was right on the last frame. So I thought, well, maybe because she's been in the cage for a couple of days, for two and a half days, you know, maybe she just needed to sort of really feed up on some pollen. And and so then she could start to make the royal jelly, I guess. That's what I was thinking. But there was no eggs, but it had only been about two and a half days or three days. So I'm going to leave them now for about a week. And then I'm going to go and check to see whether she has started laying the eggs or hopefully there wasn't a queen in there that was just unmated and, you know, she stung her when she came out. I don't know. We'll have to see. So it's all quite exciting on them. They've still got some honey, but because they didn't have a queen, I don't think they're as busy. I don't. I get a feeling that they're not as busy, you know. Mm, mm. Oh, good. I mean, I know that's a little bit of an experiment and you're going to wait and see how that goes. But pretty much all good. And the ones in the garden sound like they're... That's brilliant. Do we name the ones in the garden? 
Um, well, we did, didn't we? We said, because I kneeled in that dog poo, we were going to call them the dog pooers or something. But I thought that, I didn't think that was a very nice name. And actually, one of our listeners suggested we call the hive, the colony, Olive, after the olive tree they were found on. And I thought that was a very good name. So I've been thinking that the colony's called Olive. Okay, Olive. Interesting. Oh, thank you for that. You sound like you're in a basket of Rice Krispies. I am. <laughs> oh yeah, they are tasty. <laughs> so anything else to report, Essie? Well, the other thing to report is that the bees in the garden and also the uh, Buckfast bees, they have collected enough honey for us to do another spin. And of course, this honey this time will be completely different to the last one. And it will be a lot of the lime flowers that we've been excited about. It's going to have a great taste. In fact, on my way back from work today, I picked a basket full of lime flowers and I couldn't believe how many honeybees were on this tree. They were just absolutely on every flower nearly. And I thought, I wonder if they're our bees, you know. They were just buzzing and the scent of the lime trees was heavy scented. Anyway, I got into the supermarket with my basket full of flowers and a lady came up to me. She said, I've been following you around the supermarket. You smell so nice. And I noticed you've got those flowers in your basket. Could I have a smell? So I said, yeah. And I got my basket and I lifted it up and she put her head inside the basket. And then I got to the next aisle and I saw her again. And she said, oh, could I just have one more smell of those flowers? So I gave her another smell and we had a bit of a chat. And then when we got to the checkout, there she was again. And she said, oh, can I just have one more smell of those flowers? <laughs> did she think she was coming home with you? I think she did, actually. I think she was hoping. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So... When I got home, I made um, a lovely dressing, a salad dressing and salad out of Liz Knight's book, the foraging book. Well, I used watermelon. She said Quantaloupe, Antelope. What's the melon? Guad- Guadalupe, no. <laughs> Antelope. It's cant- cantaloupe. Cantaloupe, yeah. She said you made it with a <laughs> cantaloupe, but I made it with a waterloop, a watermelon instead. Not a Guadalupe. <laughs> and it was ever so good. Oh, it was yummy. And so I've got some left and Tom was going to make me a cocktail. I just shout him, Tom, will you make me a cocktail with that, uh, with them flowers? Oh, he says, no, he won't make me one. That's unusual for Tom. He normally says yes to everything. Well, he's in a bad mood with me tonight. Right, because she shouted at him. Well, it started yesterday. Do you want to hear the story of what happened? Yeah. 
Well, every year I've got this funny old man that comes round to cut my hedge. He's been coming for, before we got married. So a good, you know, good few years, like seven or eight years he's been coming. And every year he comes at the same time with some shears and he cuts the hedge very badly. And then he always breaks something. Probably told you about him before. He always breaks a oh, cup. What sort of yeah. cup? A good cup. Yeah, he always has a black coffee with two sugars. And then he usually breaks the cup. Anyway, he broke it the first time and then he broke it the second time. I thought it must be a coincidence. And then the third time he broke it again. Anyway, the fourth time he didn't break the cup. He broke the glass of water. And then the fifth time he broke the sweeping brush and he didn't just break it in one piece. It was broken to smithereens. Anyway, I carried on paying him. <laughs> I can see you laughing. Why? Oh, because there was something about this man that always made me sort of laugh because, you know, he's obviously trying to do his job. He was rubbish at sweeping up. I just thought it was quite funny, to be honest, that he always broke the cup and he broke something. And we always have a joke every year. And it's the last two years he's done the hedge so bad that it's almost embarrassing. He's just sort of gone halfway to the next door neighbour's hedge and then left all their hedge all grown up. And he just does chunks. And anyway, this time he arrived with a young lad and he knocked on the door. So he was obviously passing the baton to this young lad and he had an electric hedge cutter. So I said, I'm going to give him another chance. He's got an electric hedge cutter. He asked for an extension lead, gave him the extension lead. All was going well. And then I asked him, he said, can I have my usual coffee with two sugars? I said, yes. And then I said, does your friend want anything? And he said, can I have a beer? Anyway, I left him to it for about an hour. I went out and the man said, could I use your toilet? Anyway, he went to the toilet and he was in there for so long and he couldn't flush the toilet. He actually broke the toilet. And oh. he, left, he left the most ginormous poo in the toilet. It was so big. Anyway, he broke the toilet and Tom had to fix the ball cock and everything. So that's what he broke this time. Sorry, I'm absolutely flabbergasted. Why on earth do you employ this person? He not only breaks everything that he touches, but he also does a crap job. Crap job, exactly. <laughs> yes. A very crap <laughs> job as well. Well, it did make me laugh, the whole scenario. Yeah, the hedge was bad and he left a massive pile of leaves in the corner. I think this is the turning point. I'm not going to employ him again. And then I was at work today um, and one of my volunteers at the garden, I told them the story after lunch. And he said, oh, it might be um, like in Greece, you break the plates for good luck. And so maybe he's like breaking something every time. But I think it's gone too far now. No, it's too much, Esther. I mean, you're a mug to employ somebody like that. I mean, that's that's beyond funny. <laughs> it's just something in me that I just sometimes do silly things like that. And, you know, I do like funny people who come to the door. And, you know, I always want to help somebody. But it, And it has been a funny journey. I thought, oh, I could write a little story about this funny man. Maybe I will. 
Yeah, you could write a story. It could be useful to you. Did he break one of my favourite cups? Oh, no, I'd never give him one of those. This time I gave him a, a little, just a, a cheap a cup for his coffee. And then I gave him a cream egg cup for his tea. Actually, I don't know whether the cream egg cup came back. We were too busy sorting out the toilet. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so Tom wasn't too pleased with that. <laughs> yeah. What does Tom feel about all this? I think he's annoyed, but he does get annoyed with me. It's like when the chimney sweep came and I gave him a big jar of honey and Tom said, why are you giving him a big jar of honey? We don't even know him, you know, but I do like to be kind to people. You know, you could, as my friend on the allotment said, you can always be generous, can't you? That's one thing you can always be. You can always be generous. Oh, that's so lovely, Essie. Yeah, you're so lovely. Well, I'm not like you. <laughs> I'd be storing saying, no, he's not having any honey. I wouldn't even give any honey to my friends. I keep it all for myself. <laughs> <laughs> When I was at Rod, actually, I uh, shared a flat with this friend called Stella, and she was a really good cook. I don't know what was wrong with me. I first moved to London and I could eat and eat. But what am I saying? I don't know what was wrong with me. You know, I eat and eat and eat anyway, still now. Anyway, I ate even more then than I do now. And I was working as a chambermaid. I used to have a massive lunch. I couldn't wait for the bell to ring. Uh, this was in a hotel in Marble Arch, and I couldn't wait for the bell to ring for lunch, and I used to race down to the canteen, have a first portion, and then I'd go up for a second, and all the porters there used to look at me, because I was only quite small, as I used to just wolf food. And then I'd get back home, and Stella had made this, make this massive stew, or she'd do a really fantastic roast on a Sunday. And I remember her saying, shall we invite Brian from uh, downstairs down for a roast? I went, No! not enough for him <laughs> she went well that's not very nice I said I don't care don't be inviting him I won't, I won't be enough for me <laughs> so greedy you really are a greedy person aren't you <laughs> so greedy <laughs> Oh, Jane. Well, I tell you what, on the allotment this week, there is starting to be a glut of everything. And just before I came on, I told you I made that lovely salad of Liz's um, with the watermelon and um, linden flowers and, you know, uh, cucumbers. There's cucumbers growing, there's courgettes. And I also, just now, I've just made a blackcurrant tart. I think I've made it for you before and it's in the oven now. So after, if it's cooled, if Gloria's taking it out and it's cooled down, I'm going to have a slice. Oh, I wish I could have a slice of that. I'm going to make you that next time we get together. Oh, I've got so many blackcurrants. I don't know what to do with them. Tom wants to make a beer out of them, but um, I probably will let him because I'm in his bad books because he's making me this studio at the end of the garden and he asked me what sort of window sills do I want and I said oh I want wooden ones you know wooden ones will look nice and then he said well it's cheaper to get aluminium ones and then I said I don't want aluminium ones and now he's annoyed with me because I, I said that oh but, he shouldn't have asked you in the first place what you wanted that's what I said Jane I said why did you bother asking me what windows I want if you don't want to know what the answer is mm. Exactly. 
did you say it's blueberries? Not blueberries. Did you say it's, it's, it's what, what did you say it was? Wimb- what did you say it was? Which, which berries? Black currants. Oh, black currants. Why don't you freeze them? Well, I haven't got a lot of room in my freezer because, you know, I've only got three drawers and Tom has got a lot of hops in there. So, to be honest, I still had some black currants left from last year. I had to ditch them. I had to put them in the compost. I know, but I've got so many. I've got three or four times more than last year. You can put them in a smoothie. Oh, that's a good idea, yeah. Oh, that would be good for you, for your COVID uh, recovery. Yes. So you're just going to be taking it easy now for the rest of the week? Well, no, because I'm on this exercise regime. I can't seem to take it easy now, Esther. I think I gave myself a week's rest and I did actually rest. I really did rest. But now I've got to Brighton. I've been waking up. Well, this morning I woke up at five and I was up out on my bike at half six and then swimming and then a walk. So I've done 15 miles today. Right. I think what about one day on, one day off? I know, but I'm enjoying it. It's making me feel really good. I'm not tired and I'm sleeping really well at night. I feel like it's doing me good, actually. I feel like it's doing me more good. And, I and I'm not feeling tired. I did have this little sleep on the beach, which was lovely. But I'm just really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying getting up early and doing stuff. And because I hadn't been on my bike for about well, a good two weeks, it was like I was going through bike turkey, bike cold turkey. Well, as long as you get a few rests in, because, you know, going from doing nothing and actually remember... Covid is um, it got to your chest a bit, didn't it? So you need to make sure that you give yourself some rest. All right. Thank you, Nurse Coles. That's okay. So, what are you going to be doing for the rest of the week, Esther? I've got a very exciting trip in store with Stephen Fleming from Beecraft. He's invited me to go to Hampshire and go and have a look at this drone congregation site. Do you remember he talked about it in the podcast when he came? What we're going to be doing is going to this bell barrow, which is an old burial mound, where the drones happen to have congregated above. So that's where they mate with all the queens in the sky. And he says we might be able to hear them. And then do you remember in the podcast also that he said there was like those wild bees live in that silage wall. So he's going to take me to see that. And then he's going to show me some fields of mint. How exciting, I say. How wonderful. You're going to see a drone congregation. It's going to be amazing. You are going to be transported into another zone. And then I'll be in the fields of mint with Stephen. The fields of mint with Steve. We're going to see the wild bees at the silage place. And then we might even go for a beer. Well, I can't wait to hear that episode. And I'm very sorry that I can't come with you. We can do another one. And then you can fill me in about the drone congregation. See what your experience was at the drone congregation. Very good plan. And then we can do some more honey spinning when you're better, because, you know, I hope you are taking a spoonful of honey every day. Yes. In fact, 
we bought some honey in a very nice health food shop in Brighton and it was borage honey and it's delicious. So good. Well, the bees are loving the borage at the moment. And on my allotment, because I've got so many more flowers this year, you know, so obviously since we did the podcast last year, I started planting a lot more bee friendly things. And my plot is fabulous. 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 Fabulous, isn't it? Oh, lovely. I thought, Esther, it was funny that, you know, the lack of August, maybe I could do... of July. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? Look at that. Well, I hope you get better soon. <laughs> Thanks, Essie. I love you loads. And um hopefully next week we'll have a catch up. I love you loads too. Oh, happy swimming. Love you loads. Queen Bees is written and created by Esther Coles and Jane Horrocks. It is produced by Claire Broughton, Andy Goddard and John Wakefield and partly recorded at the Hives on my allotment near Crouch End in London. Our title music is Sweet Nothing by Amy May Ellis and Will Cookson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Queen Bees Pod for pictures and videos from the hive. Queen Bees is a hat trick podcast. It feels so good just to have you around. Can you come and switch the audacity off? Well, because we've got to send it as a file.